Mizuno and Inside Running Podcast are giving you the chance to be one of two lucky winners of the highly anticipated Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro, launching January 19. Head to the Inside Running Podcast Instagram page for your chance to win a racing shoe that wants you to go faster for further. Episode number 271 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Coming at you January the 9th, Monday night, recording this one. Second show of 2023. Welcome to my co-host. I think he's down on the beach, Bradley Croker. Welcome to you this week. Thanks, Brady. Uh, oh, I got, got that back correct? To, got no. back today. No, back today. Sorry about that. Should have checked off air before we started. My other co-host down in Anglesey. He's on the beach, Julian Spence. How are you going tonight? Good. Great to hear. Yep. Bruce is literally on the beach because he's not here. He's put himself on mute. You can see it's muted on this screen here. Oh, what a dickhead. I did. I had a brilliant joke that you both just missed. (laughs) Um, Cracked me up. Cracked up my wife who heard it. So (laughs) we just missed it. Sorry, I can't can't even repeat it. Good cover. How are you, Julian? Good. Thanks. Good. Good. Been on the beach a bit, actually. Have you? Warm weather at the moment, isn't it? Heating up. It's been pretty good down here. We've had the sea breeze every day, so the, the beach isn't stifling hot. It, it's sort of just like the cool, sort of, sort of subtly breeze that we get, which takes the temperature from sort of mm, like 30-ish down to low 20s. It's quite nice. Oh, really? It's that refreshing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Just on the coast. As yeah. soon as you get inland a bit, you, you lose it. Heats up a bit. Yeah. Let's uh, talk running, boys. Big show coming at you this week. We've got our Hobart results, the Geelong, I think it's called the Surf Coast Track Club results. We're going to preview the World Cross Country Trials, which will be happening this week. We're going to be reviewing the Mizuno uh, Super Shoe, which is going to be, is it good? The Wave Rebellion Pro, heaps of hype around that. So there's a bit coming in this week's episode. But Moose, before we start, do you want to tell us about your week? Because you had another race. I did. I did. So... I had a taper week this week. I wanted to be a bit fresher for the event because I was pretty um, kind of beat the last few weeks just from mileage and stuff and just a accumulative training. So Monday, I uh, went out with Sugar, so came my mate. He, he wanted to go Monday to Sunday, seven days, and he wanted to hit 100K for the week. And he, he runs a bit, uh, but he doesn't ever run that much like 20k a week or something so i went out with him and and did 12k easy on monday morning just on a flat area up near the chocolate factory and then workout the next day went in and ran the 
um, a bit later because all the teachers are off work at the moment. So it was, it was quite nice. We, this was like a tune-up workout. Uh, one thing I thought we should do more on this podcast is explain why we do things. Just because it can be a little more educational. Not that we are like people that should be listened to in terms of running, training and coaching, but having like being able to explain why we do stuff I think is important. Given, like when I listen to podcasts now and stuff I don't know that much about, I find it really beneficial to, 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 have, to, to hear what the explanations behind things. The purpose, the purpose of the, the workout. Yeah, yeah. And if there's like, explain, if there's something that might seem obvious to us, just explaining it just in one or two minutes or so, I, I think people can get a lot out of it and it might make things more um, like clear to them. So this is a taper workout, a workout that we do the week of the race. Uh, it's not, there's enough volume in this session that you want to, have probably at least three full days before the race, uh, but it's not something that's highly stressful. Uh, so I like to, in, in taper week, I like to go through the gears um, or like run different paces with the race pace being sort of in the middle. So I want to do some reps slightly slower then and then some reps faster then as well. And just to find, just sort of to get a feel for the paces, and I want I want to do this on the surface or the um, like similar course to what the race will be on as well, just to get a feel for that the the, the pace pace and effort rhythm that you'll you'll um, encounter in the race. So for this, this was a track race. Uh, I did it with Hutchy or Hardy as now he, he's known, and Matty Gunther. So we were all doing the 10K on the weekend. Uh, we're similar abilities at the moment. I'd say it would have been a pretty close race between Matt and, and Hutchie if they ran, if Hutchie ran on Saturday night. And I, I ended up finishing, I think, eight or nine seconds back. So we were pretty close, so we do this workout together. And I start off with a 2K effort, and that is at 74s. Um, so this workout is probably a little quicker than what I just, how I just described the purpose of it. So uh, this was supposed to be, at, so 74s, which is 305 pace, so 30, 50, 10K pace. Um, I, th I think the other boys are probably a bit fitter than that. So I wrote this workout for Matt, and then I just jumped into it. Uh, so that that's five laps at 74s. Then we jogged a lap. Then we did four by 800 at 72s, which is somewhere between five and 10K pace at the moment. And then 70 seconds, which um, 70 seconds for six by 400. So I've gone long rep and then middle reps and then shorter reps. And it's got faster as it's gone on. And um, it, we took a minute between the, the 400s and 90 seconds between the 800s. So this workout came to a, a bit of volume, so 2K plus uh, 5, 6. It was about sort of 8K worth, which is quite a bit in retrospect. So it was quite – it's pretty stressful for a taper um, week, probably a little bit more, but we, I increased the rest to be longer than what it normally would be, I think, if we did this in just another week. 
And yeah, the, the hardest rep for me was the first one, just starting a, a workout early, 74s from the gun, like three or five pace. It's just hard for my body to get into that rhythm. And so the, the first two laps were the hardest for this whole workout. And then we started to work into it and I felt quite good by the end. Couldn't really go much faster than 70 seconds. Um, but this was the, the morning after the podcast was recorded when you guys sort of considered what I might run. And I knew that I wasn't going to break 31 after this workout because of how those 74s felt. They did not feel like 10K effort to me. They felt more like uh, 5K effort during this workout and 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 so i knew that i wasn't going to just magically be able to pull out 25 laps quicker than that um in a few days time and so it was good it, it was actually a really enlightening workout and it was helpful for for developing my uh race plan i guess which there's two sides to that like there's the one side of it where you say because a lot of people do do race pace workouts um this you know four or five days from the race and that often feels a lot shitter than it's going to feel on the race and sometimes Mm. people panic and go oh there's no way i can do 25 laps at that pace when i just did five of them but it is often different when you get on the start line and you're a bit fresher because you're coming off what two days off a long run um which is still in your legs you talked about it being early in the morning um did you have track mode on like i never get a map on my strava for when you turn on this track it's 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 his entire map hidden yeah. On my, oh, it's because your start and yeah. finish is in the same spot kind of thing. It's at the track. Oh, is it? That's yeah, That's what I'll right, be doing okay. the privacing settings, yeah. Um, gotcha, gotcha. So you've done 8.5K worth of work, or 8, yeah, of running. You've had the jog laps in there. It's a, it's a meaty workout for race week, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, Moose, if you were running a 10K at the World Championships and, like, like you wouldn't – so I'm guessing that this race wasn't a major, major priority for you or any of your athletes – and that's why you're happy to have more volume. Like you wouldn't do this if it was three or four days before like a world championship 10K. Or a no, or I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. No, and, and those guys, yeah, I mean, Hardy, he's, he's in marathon block. He's doing Tokyo Marathon. So he's going to um, he's gonna want to work out. He doesn't want a full taper, mm-hmm. a race, a full recovery week. So it was good for him to do this. It, it worked in well. Um for Matt, perhaps I could have dialed it back a little bit and and dropped some intensity. But for me, again, marathon build-up, uh, certainly not marathon-specific training, but I, I don't really care about – I mean, I care about the 10K on the night when I'm doing it, but I'm not structuring a training plan around it. Yeah, because I reckon if I was – if this was like a targeted A race for the 10K, like I reckon the 2K plus the 400s would probably be, probably yeah. be enough without the and, – and, you know, skip the 8s. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so too. Um, but, yeah, so that, that those guys ran well. They did it a bit easier than me. Um, the next day went down to Aries, just jogged. Um, I jogged for 9K. Uh, with the group, there's a bit of a group down the coast because there's a few people staying down, um, and then got a got a Ben Park singlet at work rock up. So pretty nice kit from Ben. He sent one over, very generous of him. Ran the next day in that, 55 minutes around town. Started to feel pretty good. Um, the the heat's on down here at the moment, so it's seven o'clock. Ran in a singlet and and needed it. I couldn't have gone anything warmer than that. 
Uh, just I did some um, surges on the Friday, so just 48 minutes or so, and then on Saturday evening um, the race. So it was a 10. Don't know what to really call it. We haven't really named it. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't get a title. So I think we're working on that for next year at the moment. Uh, Matty Gunther, he he put the race on basically. He did the behind the scenes work. He was quite good, uh, and yeah, it was it was very good vibes at the track. It was pretty blue collar. Like there's no music going and there's no food or no kind of alcohol and there's things that we can build that vibe next year. But we needed the people to come first for the running, just to see, just to kind of gauge how much attraction there is for this type of event um, now that we've seen that it is quite attractive and a lot of people will come next year we'll build the atmosphere around the track for the spectators and stuff uh, we had three 5k events and two 10k events uh, the 5k they were all mixed so it wasn't specific genders we probably um, we wanted to seed the races according to talent rather than gender because the athletes will get a lot more out of the race that way rather than if we put on one ladies 5k and you've got Jess Stenson, Olympian there, and then you've got the recreational runner running 25 minutes. Like that's not good for either of those guys. So it's better to um, it's better to have them running against other runners that are in their talent, especially when they weren't trying to qualify for anything. Um, yeah, I thought the race went well. It was pretty warm, so the, we, they had a mister out there. Uh, there's a, I got there early, saw the last of the um, Athletics Victoria Shield meeting that was going on, like the last few events. Uh, I've got some thoughts on athletics. It's like <laughs> it's a real eye-opener to see athletics like track and field, the Shield event going on. And, and winding down of an afternoon and then to see an event like this like transition across and just see the amount of people come in to spectate and all these runners kind of exciting and fields of 25, 25, 20 in the 5K and 25 and 20 or more, two lots of 25 in the 10K um, because the race that we watched was one single athlete who ran the steeplechase in the Shield event. And, and they had volunteers out there putting, like, changing the barrier heights and having to bring them back in mm. and all the timing and everything for one athlete in the steeplechase when, like, 10 minutes later there was 25 – there was, like, 75 athletes doing 5Ks. Um, it's sort of like watching track and field go to die if you ever go to a shield <laughs> afternoon, um, especially later in the day when maybe the sprinters have gone home. We missed that. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. We, we had some good thoughts afterwards about how we could – about athletics and how um, things that need to change. And, yeah, I, I, I think there's some – I mean, while I'm on a roll, while I'm on a rant, the, uh, the, there's people there to watch their event and they have no interest in the other events. And then, like, we put on a specific specialist distance running meet afterwards – and the attraction was huge. Everyone who was competing there watched the other races, cheered them on, had a lot of interest in the other athletes because that's their passion. That's what they do. But if we had have had a shot put event at the same time, those, those athletes don't care about shot put. That's not their sport. They've got no interest in it. 
But if you put a shot put meet on and you bring in 50 of the best, or not even the best, 50 people interested in shot put around the, the state to come down and, and, and throw the shot put, and then a distance runner comes and they put a race on, no one's interested in that distance race. They're there for the shot put. And so for me, the future of athletics is, is separating, is getting rid of the combination of track and field. I think there needs, I think every niche area of the sport needs to go its own way. Yeah, it's sort of what they've been doing though with like Myler's Club versus like the high velocity um, yeah. meets. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. We just got to look at the numbers at Vic Myler's Club. Killing exactly. It. Yeah, exactly. the sooner they split it. And even when it comes to like, we've said this over the years, I reckon, when, um, say the Australian champs are on, put the 800 final back to back with the, the 3K steeple and then the 15 and like make it the distance day. I know people like to double, but not too many. Like yeah, just tune in yeah. for that 40. And even say the Melbourne Track Classic, which we'll talk about a bit later. Just put all the distance events back to back to back and tune in for half an hour of power. Yeah. And turn it off. Yeah. I don't want to be watching pole vault when it's going. They're cutting away from events, things like that. It's very different watching a shield meet to a milers meet. Yeah. Or and what energy, I would have. The yeah. energy. And then you just look at all of it. Like then you get people commentating teams in just for that area yeah. they specialize in. You look at the funding, how that could potentially work. Um, yeah. Because I think we spread ourselves too thin trying to sell and manage and yeah. promote the whole sport as track and field. Yep. Just yeah. the running division, to... the jumping division. The hurt... Yeah. Too yeah. hard to put a meet on. It's oh, like. Yeah. You just need too many sorts of officials. Yeah. You need, like, it's just too difficult, and it looks too difficult. It looks like there's more officials there than there are athletes. Yeah, because it's a big job. Certainly more than the spectators are there. And they do have, like, it's a point system, isn't it, similar to the winter season? But I don't think, like, it's not that competitive, is it? Oh, I don't know. I've never got involved. To I win the shield? Well, I think yeah. the fact the fact that the majority of top athletes don't attend those things shows that it's not a prestigious event to really win. Yeah. yeah. And there's a mass. So a lot of the athletes down there seem to be in the masters um, category. And so I think there is masters athletics out there that could potentially cater for that as well. Uh, and it just seems like we spread our officials too, too thin over these long afternoons in the heat when really you could save them for these specialist meets and they come in and they do a specialist meet and then they they don't have to stand out in the sun for all this time having one athlete run around a steeplechase. For, there's like at least six officials for this one race and there's one person in the event. To me, that that's not efficient. And, and one of the troubles at the moment is getting volunteers. And if you expose them to that, then who's going to want to official that? Like, anyway. Um, uh... I ran the race. Yeah. Gun goes. Race, what happens? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. So, so hang on. Before you talk about starting the race, after you reassessed your goals after that Tuesday workout, what were you then thinking? Are you like, add 25 thinking, seconds, add a minute? I was thinking 76s would be a pretty good pace to start at, especially I tracked, the, um, I tracked pretty much all the races over the night, which was beneficial for me to see how every athlete went. And most of the people that I knew who were going for a certain time were at least in the 5K, 20 to 30 seconds slower than what they were going for. And in the first 10K, it was about 40 seconds to a minute slower. So I, I had an idea that even if someone wanted to run, say, 
30 minutes for 10K, they'd probably end up running 31. Um, or if for me, if I wanted to run 30, 50, then I might, they'd probably end up running 31, 50. Uh, so I, I, the, the, the group, the gun went, first group went off. I kind of knew who was going to be in that. Uh, I knew they were aiming for 72s. And so I saw them go through in 72. I went through in 74. I was at the front of the next pack. So I just put the brakes on slightly and made sure the next lap was 76. And all of a sudden there was a decent gap. Uh, it ended up with myself, Matt and Will Ford from Ballarat. We were in our pack, little pack. We decided to take a K each through the race because there was no one behind us. So it was just us in a group. And then the group in front was pretty much not catchable. And so we, we ticked off 76s on average, a couple of 75s, probably more 75s than 74s, no 77s. And I dropped. So when we got to 5K in 15.42, I think it was, something like that. And um, we just kept the pace going. It seemed right. We just kept taking turns on the, the 1Ks. Uh, it got to five laps to go. We were still together. But Will and I probably struggling a little more than Matt. Matt had just done his last K. So he was, he'd was he step wide to let Will go around or to come through. At that point, he, he kind of noticed Will wasn't coming through quickly. And he was he was happy to put the foot down and say, okay, I'll take it now. And so he just he started to to pull away. At this time, I actually stood on the rail on the um, the inside rail, and I fell inwards to the infield. I don't know how I did it. I was pretty fatigued at this point, but my um, I think it was my left foot kind of rolled outwards, and then I fell inwards. I didn't hit the deck, but I stumbled. And then I was just a few metres behind Will. I got back up to pace and caught up to Will for maybe and ran with him for perhaps a lap or two. And then I think with two laps to go, I, I left Will, started chasing Matt. Never, I, I gave up two laps to go. I actually ran my slowest lap, even though I was dropping Will. So he was just dropped. He was, he was a bit more cooked than I was. Uh, I ran a 78, which was my slowest. And, and then 73 or something for the last lap. Pretty hot, I found. At the end, my head was on fire again. I was, I was really, like, overheated. Um, but, yeah, I was 31, 38, I think I ran. And pretty happy with that afterwards to stay with the group. I know Matty Gunther's in shape. He could probably have run quicker. He just got stuck with our pack and didn't want to be in the middle. And um, the, we'll go through the results later, but... Yeah, it felt about right for where I am. Seventh overall, I think. Was that right? Oh, Seventh. yeah, be around that, somewhere like that. Yep. The, the front group was pretty strong. Like, those guys stayed together. No one had any big blow-ups. Maybe... Um, Drew Fryer did, I reckon. Drew Fryer might have blown up, yeah. But I didn't... got him, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. sorry. You know, what's that, 18 seconds? Nah, that's not nearly getting him. Um not really. So, like a marathon prediction now moves based off that. Well, this is – I haven't really done a lot of work for this, and I haven't done a lot of work. Like if I was going to run a 10K, I'd what, do a lot more of those longer endurance uh, repeats on the track, and I haven't done much. So I, I wasn't expecting much 
not that I'm doing much marathon stuff, but physiologically I'm more suited to that. And and I'm 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 saying two twenty four. Okay. Do you think you'd be good enough to beat Matt Fox at this stage, Crokes? Two twenty four. Uh, depends if Matt finishes. Okay. I think if Matt finishes, he'll run faster than two twenty four. Has issues though, doesn't he? With cramping. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because you're That's a good biology, goal, Moose. That's you, a good goal. Your training's good, solid, but it is still fairly low case, isn't it? Like, all these blue bars look good, consistent, but when you click on them, they're like 100K a week. Yeah, well, that's that's actually pretty high mileage considering what yeah, I thought I would were. be at. Yeah. yeah, so, and I've got a lot of Ks in the legs over the years, so I don't feel like I need 100 mile weeks anymore, but I'd probably need more than 100. Yeah. Well, I don't need more than 100. Like, I don't need that. This is not an important marathon. This is a get-back-on-track marathon. So mm. I don't need it. I need to be, get there healthy and then be able to recover well. Yeah. Remember the goal for the second half of the year. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to stay focused. We'll be building Can't it, though, Crocs. We'll be I know, it you're already fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you listened to our predictions as well last week. When you said yeah, you kept that in mind off. for your Tuesday workout. I thought they were off. Well, they probably were on if the weather was right. You said everyone ran a minute slower than what they should have. Well, probably not a minute in our race. By the time our race came along, the the, it, the temperature had gone down a fair bit. You so can't, I, yeah. You can't chunk blanket rules like that as well. Like Different people perform differently in the heat. And I didn't – yeah, I'm not doing that. I just noticed that the differential between what they wanted and what they got was that amount of time. Hmm. And, and I just applied that to what I wanted. Yeah, uh, smart thinking. And it, it kind of paid off, really. Like, it's a I good wouldn't. Run. Have, yeah. Anyway, uh, next day I did a long run. So, this is again uh, probably something good to explain because on paper, a hard 10K in the evening followed by a, a solid long run in the morning, the next morning, doesn't make sense. Like, it's. Um, mm. It, 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 it's probably a bit of a no-no. Absolutely like, the stress. Yeah, exactly. However, I, this is good. There's a few reasons I like this. A, we don't can't do long runs on Monday. Our group runs on Sunday. And that's just sort of part of the, the distance running week is, yes, you could cancel the long run. But it's... It, <laughs> I feel like going to a long run the day after a race is just a, a fantastic morale building experience. It's like kind of meeting up after you have a night out and everyone comes together next morning and is sort of like really cheerful and yes, you're sore or you're sick or you're tired or whatever, but you're all the same. And so just doing stuff together, it builds the, the, the sort of strength of the group, I think. It's like... Um, uh, suffering together, we we all sort of build a bit closer bond, and and I like it. I, I like I think yes, they, it could be risky for some people who have pulled up specifically sore from the race, and yeah, they probably should alter their plans. But if it's general dom soreness, I think you can get through a long run um, safely. I mean, we, I didn't go and do 35k. I did 24k. Everyone was on a smaller long run. And we picked a flatter route around town to do it on. Um, and my athletes that I coach who do this Saturday race, Sunday long run um, double will now get 
two to three days full jogging before they do anything hard. So if you have like a high stress weekend, you don't go and do a Tuesday workout, you pay it the respect and you give it an extra one or two days um, to recover from and absorb properly. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's often the Monday if you're worse than the Sunday. Oh, mate, I am sore today. Yeah. There's a reason it's called DOMS. Yeah. That del- D stands for delayed. And I woke up Sunday morning and I'm like, fuck, I've dodged a bullet here. Yeah. But I reckon I just snuck it in before the soreness got there. Yeah. And- yeah. I was just going to say, especially off night races too, when you've had stuff all sleep. It's like you haven't slept for long enough for it to like activate it. Your body yeah. still thinks it's the same day. Yeah, yeah, and it could be how they get away with those double, big double sessions, mm, double you know, session like days, AM, yeah. PM, and they, 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 then they have a, but they have a few days to recover from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the so, purpose is if you're going to do it, then you need to respect it afterwards. Exactly. Don't go yep. to a Tuesday morning workout. It was one of the funnest long runs I've had too. Like it was just good banter. Everyone was up and about, stories from the races. Um, it was just really quite good, like loved it. Good week. 105 for the week. It's a bit of a tape, but you didn't really drop what you've been averaging. Yeah, I got it done somehow. I'm not sure. A 10k race and then a um, 24k long run. That gets, yeah. you, that gets you to 40 pretty quick with warm up and cool down. Yeah, I don't know how I got there, but I got there. Bradley Croker, tell us about your week. Uh, all right, so it was my biggest week in eight weeks of volume. Uh, so Monday, <clears throat> went out to Mulligans, and this was my first day of continuous running so the saturday and the sunday i did run and walk um and so monday i did 33 minutes or seven and a half k at 426s um wore a new pair of asic shoes that um they sent me a mystery shoe doesn't have any uh it's got asics logo but it doesn't have a name um very cushioned um yeah cushioned which like i enjoyed i've pretty much been doing all my runs in it now nice wide platform then tuesday morning yeah, How come you got this shoe and we didn't. Uh, because they had it in my size. Is that what is that what they said? I think so. He went to the biggest influencer, Moose. You know that. <laughs> yeah. He, he always wheezes. Old... He always wheezes a couple of extra shoes throughout the year to get those little plugs in. I reckon. Well, well, how many uh, how many pairs of the shoes that we're going to review tonight, Brady? Did you get? Uh, two. Yeah, but I got one. Different I got one. level athlete than what you're doing. <laughs> what you're spitting out on the roads and the track. Yeah, well, I don't need the race shoes. I just need the, the training shoes. Give me nice cushion jogging Nice shoes. cushion training with a nice wide platform. Yep. <clears throat> um, so then Tuesday morning, I went out and met the group uh, for their session. Um, I was having an hour whether I would run, like not do the session, but just do the warm-up or cool-down. But I figured I'd, I'd done three days in a row, so I thought I'd take just a day off, um, given it's one of those injuries that, you know, is really sort of sensitive to load. So I, um, yeah, I didn't run Tuesday. Wednesday went out, uh, did 40 minutes, uh, Mulligan's 422s, and then met Rob and Trav on the Thursday morning, which was good because I um, am trying to be a little bit more social. So organised to meet those guys in the morning. Uh, Trav only lasted a couple of K because he's having some like, like back and glute and hamstring issues, which he's had like MRIs and, and um, ultrasounds on, which he gets the results this week. So he, he turned around after 2K, but did 45 minutes with Rob at 4.22s. And look, everything's been, everything was feeling like really good. Um, no sort of, not really any awareness, maybe like the first couple of steps of a run or when I first get out of bed, but generally like, you know, I couldn't feel it at all during the during the runs. 
Then Friday morning before we headed to the coast, did another 45 minutes at 4.28s. And probably like the back end of this run, I started just to feel, yeah, just some awareness. Um, so then got down to the coast and then on the Saturday morning, the shitty weather, woke up and, and my shin was just a little bit tender. So I decided to just not run on, on Saturday at all. Uh, then went out Sunday morning, just around Narrow Wally. It's really flat there. And um, yeah, did 35 minutes, 4.15s. Uh, didn't feel, didn't have any pain at all on that run. Um, pulled up really well after it. Went and, had a, went and had a little bit of a body surf afterwards, which was nice. And yeah, that was my week. So um, was it 45K? I'm seeing, I've got an appointment for the doctor tomorrow just to get an MRI referral because I think I'm going to go and just get an MRI anyway because it does seem to uh like i notice my shin getting sore in the mornings after a few days of running so i figure if i just go and get a scan um it can sort of you know it'll give me an idea of what i can and can't do so if there's obviously if there's no bone stress or anything like that then i'm not i'm going to sort of continue um whereas obviously if there's some bone stress that comes up on the scan then that'll probably mean i'll need to take it a little bit easier um, but given I'm running these runs and not having any pain during the runs, if if, if there was like a stress reaction, I'd, I'd be feeling that for sure. Yeah, so. the scan's Good just idea. to put Good a idea. line through what it could potentially be. Yeah. And, and how much you can push it. Well, yeah, that's it. The MRI will basically tell me, like I'm pretty sure I know what the injury is. The MRI will basically tell me how aggressive I can be with my training moving forward. Because you're still mm. at Strava. This has been eight weeks now, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 just um, yeah, eight yeah. weeks. Yeah, the the positive is like I actually feel pretty good running. Like it, I don't feel like other than the first run where I did like the four minutes of running, one minute walk, where like my back and my hips on the first couple of reps felt garbage. Hmm. Like I feel like I'm actually running pretty well. Like yeah, my fitness is not great, and if I raced, it would be shit. But the actual running itself, I feel pretty smooth across the ground. So that's a positive. Yeah, fitness you can work with. But not oh, covering yeah, the ground well or limping or like having pain that's that's yep. something else so yeah and needs to be dealt with, dealt with in a different way and i'm ahead of where i was this time last year because it was today last year that i got really that i started to get sick with covid and i only started back running like end of january and like i was really unfit then so i feel like my fitness is already better than it was uh end of january last year you doing that a bit at the moment, comparing this year to last year? Like seeing, a little bit. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit, as well. Yeah, a little bit because I know that um, by May I was running really mm. well and, like, I was running shit house end of Jan, early Feb, and I was actually pretty sensible with the way that I came back. So I'm yep. like, well, I don't need to rush things. Got a bit of a blueprint to follow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, you know the result of it. Mm-hmm. All right, that'd be interesting. This time next week, do you reckon you'll get the referral and then be able to get straight in for the scan, or what well, do you think? Well, well, I don't know. Like, I'm even happy to have this, like, get a bit more running under my belt before the scan. Like, you know, it's, it'll probably take me a week to get in for the scan anyway, which I'm happy with. Like, if I got the scan this time next week, was able to run 60k this week, it's probably going to, sh- like, if, if there is an issue there, it's probably going to show a little bit more anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. See what happens there. Um, quickly go through my week. Monday, went out for 60 minutes at 4.34s. I reckon I went out about midday. We had like thunderstorms in the uh, morning and I had to drive Hudson to Bendigo, so I kind of knocked that over. And then, yeah, went out at lunchtime, which is always a bit weird running at that hour of the day. Not quite used to that, but felt all right. Did a, uh, yeah, 4.34 pace for that one. 
I'm kind of on the like nothing sexy, just string some decent weeks together, try to rebuild the training program at the moment. So um, Tuesday was just five by five minutes. The week before I did three by five minutes, off 90 seconds jog, working on threshold. Average 317, which I was a bit surprised with. I thought it was going to be a bit closer to like 322, 325-ish. But um, kind of got rolling in the first one and felt like I recovered fine with the 90 seconds in between and kind of just kept them yeah at that kind of um pace for the last four so that was good workout to get done wednesday i did 70 minutes thursday i did 80 minutes friday i was meant to do a workout but i um had a couple of mates rock up on thursday afternoon for just a quiet beer and a swim you know crammer's moose buy yep. heaps of stuff from your store so he rocked up my other mate Fisky, he also came up. They were going to bring. But you got a pool. We got, got a pool. We got a pool at our house, so they were going to bring, bring the kids over for a swim. Jesus, haven't I told you that before? I don't. You should no. visit one time. Bring Peter. I've had, bring Brian. I've had beers, beers by the pool. Yeah, well, I think wow. everyone at this time of the year thinks it's time to have beers in Brady's pool because I'm getting um, we've got to entertain these fellas. Anyway, so they were going to come up, bring your kids up, we'll have a swim, have a few quiet beers. Both of them rocked up with no kids and a slab each. Um, and then stayed the night. So it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty big night. So Friday morning, I woke up a bit seedy, ditched the workout to Saturday, and instead did my morning run at like 4.30 p.m. 40 minutes was as much as I got out for, but it was good to see those boys. Don't see them as often as I would like, but good to uh, catch up with them. Saturday, ended up doing the workout, 10 by 500. Just went up and down the straight road, averaged about three minute K pace, 90 seconds for the 500. Had just a minute walk in between. Um, yeah, just a real 7 out of 10 type workout just to, just to tick things off. Got attacked, attacked by a duck on the cool down. I was kind of just jogging around, just um, had my headphones in. And you know when you hear like all the leaves like just rustle near where you're like running on the path? And initially I thought it was a snake. I kind of like I had the headphones in but I could hear all these leaves just moving in the bush. And I'm like, oh, there's a snake. And then um, all these little ducklings were just like, you know, hovering through the through the leaves. And then the duck, the mother duck, I'm assuming, just like it took flight and just flew straight at my head and just flew straight into me and then scared the absolute shit out of me and then like backtracked back into the air and kind of then come at me again. So I had to kind of like shape up to try and like sort it away kind of thing. And then, yeah, heart rate was at about 210 here. Didn't really know what to do. But um, just put in a bit of a burst to get away from it and just kept my kept my arms swinging in the air. But that's the first time a duck has taken flight and gone me like that. Plenty of times they kind of come at you just on the on the ground with their noses or their beaks. But um, yeah, never had that in my life. So that was a Sometimes they attach themselves to you. That's like what that. it was like trying to do. I, like, I couldn't. It was just like, oh, yeah. I could, this is flapping was just like in my face and like on my shoulder. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I had to... I was just throwing my fists around trying to like get it up. Like I wasn't scared, scared because I knew it was just a duck. But I'm just like, <laughs> what do I do here? Like I'm just, I'm, I, I, I can take you, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah what's the best way to, to be, deal with this? Don't want to be seen beating a duck up. Beating a duck up, especially not a new parent duck. When, when it's got twenty ducklings just watching from the yeah. sidelines. You just cop that. Yeah, it was You've just kind of self-defense and a little surge through the bush to get out of there. So um, that was an eventful cool down. And then Saturday after that workout, I went down to Bendigo. It was my cousin's 21st. You boys been to a 21st in a while? No, not for a long time. Oh, neither had I. That would scare me. Different scene at a 21st, boys. It makes you feel old real quick. And I was working the bar. I told my auntie on Christmas, I'm like, hey, when this 21st happens, I'll work the bar for you. So my cousin Max and I were in working the bar. So it was fun. We were just pouring drinks. A bit like 
none of this. Like when I used to go to 21st, it was beer, wine. That's all you had got to drink. Like they had like pims, mojitos, like three oh. different kinds of like wine, ciders, different cocktails. beers. Now they had another person out the back making the cocktails and bringing them out to us at front of us, front of bar. Oh, right. yeah. So it was like full on. And what about this vaping business? People just vaping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's you know, a different you, world, isn't it? There's, there's also these weird other drugs that they do like, um, oh, what do they call it? Like nongs or nangs or something where they, they sniff. Oh, yeah, they're um, what the truckies do, don't they? Those they little sniff, silver things. Like soda stream yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see them like out the, the industrial estate. Well, the truckies do them as well, I think. Do they? Yeah. The truckies, what were they doing? I don't, does it keep them awake and alert? Oh, it's I, like short term, maybe. Okay. I always see them out like the industrial area, like just in the gutter. They'd just be those 20 little silvery things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, well, I don't think any of that was going on this 21st, but those vaping things, whoever's selling those is making a killing. Yeah. But yeah, well, different yes, world. Probably, yeah. And the dress code yeah. moves, they all wear, they all just wear pretty much Nike runners or like white sports shoes. Yeah, not much class, is it? I know, and I didn't. I went with like a classy shoe and then I rocked up and saw all these 21-year-olds. I'm like, I've got cupboards full of these shoes that you're wearing at home. <laughs> I could have easily rolled a pair of Mizunos or something down here if you wanted me to. But anyway, it was a good night. Enjoyed just pouring a couple of drinks and um, yeah, catching up on a bit of younger culture. Um, then I stayed in Bendigo Saturday night and then I ran with the Bendigo group. They called the Bendigo Sevens because they meet at seven o'clock, same spot every week. I thought the loop was 90 minutes, which is what I wanted to do, but it turns out the loop was an hour and 45. Um, so I kind of missed the earlier, there's an earlier turnoff that hardly anyone ever takes, but I just went with the, the main group and then, yeah, ended up doing an hour 45, felt good, got some elevation in there, about 380 meters, I think, average like 428 or something like that. Um, most of the, like, I guess the, the big dog bats are up at um, Falls Creek. So it was like me, the beast, uh, Simone Brick was in town at, at our pack. Glenn McMillan was in town. Steve Van Raffles, uh, not Steve Van Raffles, Stephen Van Reeves. I've just confused two people there, Moose. You know, yeah. Nick Van Raffles and Stephen Reeves. Um, Milko, there's a few good people there, which was good. So he got that done. That was, um, yeah, now 45, 107K for the week. Nicely rebuilding. Um, I reckon three or four weeks and I'll be fairly fit again if, if everything goes to plan. But happy about how that week goes. Is the um, is the, the chat better with or without Andy there? Well, it's hard to keep, but hard to chat with Andy on that long run. Like, that is brutal, that long run. Have you ever done that one in Bendigo, the sevens? No. I don't think many people would. And, like, we, the tourists don't really rock up to Bendigo like they do Surf Coast. So we, we rarely have any um, special guests in town. Like, you guys have different ring-ins every couple of weeks. Yeah. But it's really, it's just up or down. There's just never any flat. And I'd say, like, 80% of it is on, like rocky bush remember that day after the 5k frenzy like yeah that kind of terrain you just you just got to look at the ground for like i'm looking at the ground for 80 minutes of that hour and 45 because if you don't you just got to roll your ankle um Crokes, Crokes, it sounds like a normal, a normal run in canberra or ballarat or anglesey yeah well then mm, yeah except I the like trails here are roads. pretty good yeah the trails are pretty good here I'll, yeah most of the trails here are more like fire roads like not that single track stuff yeah, well, no. this isn't yeah, exactly well, yeah. single track. Like, it's probably it's probably two people abreast, maybe, like, I don't know, a metre and a half mm. wide, but it's just, but it's no, just mean, rocks it's everywhere. Not, it's not smooth. Like, there's rocks that poke out of the ground and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're just constantly, like, looking at the ground, like, what's my best line through here? So you can't actually run that quick on it because, like, I averaged 4.28, and I would have said that was 4.10, 4.05 effort at home on the flat. Yeah. Um, it's good for me, though. That's why I was like, I may, may as well make the most of this band here and... um yeah, having a crack. So 
Um, that was good. That was my week. Let's thank some Patreon supporters, eh? On to your first croaks. All right. I've got Anders Holm this week. Uh, Anders lives in Drummond in Norway, and most of his estimated best come from the one race, which was the Record Lepet Half Marathon, where he ran 88.52. Does a fair bit of skiing, and I think he's the creative director slash partner at Morgan Stern. And uh, I believe Morgan Stern is an advertising service. This so is, thanks, is, Anders. Is drama north or is it uh, – where's the weird area? The west. They don't like the westerners, Christian doesn't. Well, this Drummond was the, place was the where um, he does a fun that, run. He owns yeah, the that race, race that he put. Did he put that on? Yeah, yeah he, I think he owns it too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know which area it's in. I think it's pretty industrial, didn't he say, one week on um, – He did, yeah. Yeah, Road Berlin. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sure I butchered the, um, the pronunciation at half marathon because it's got one of those O's with the cross through it. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, okay. So question, how the fuck did you type that in? Uh, Copy and pasted it, I reckon. Yeah, cut and paste from his Strava. Because look but how it's right, half marathon. Writing, how the hell do you make that symbol? Well, I don't know how you do it on my key- keyboard. They've probably got different right. keyboards over there, Moose. No, they can't have different keyboards. Yes, they're going to have – what do you think they got in, like, Japan and I mean, China and a... that? They're not where – got an English keyboard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Moose. I don't know about Norway having a different keyboard. Norway, they'll have their own keyboard for sure. You know how innovative that country is? You want to have a slab on this? Well, I'm doubting myself here because <laughs> only because they're so intellectual. They'll just use the English keyboard. They speak English so well over there. Right, he's happy to throw it out there until there's a case on the line. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, backtracking. These blokes left a slab here. I'll be able to flick you that, I reckon. They didn't get through one. I don't know. I'd... There would be a nor- for you. Before you Google it, it's here for you. Slab, yes, no. I'll go no, because I still owe you one right. that time. Um, yeah. It's about this Dude. couple of years, this time last year, I reckon, when I said Sinead would beat Louise at, um, where was that? Marathon? What was oh, that one? Oh, you'd forgot about it too. Yep, yep, I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, it wasn't a Saka. I'll take that. What was Nagoya? it? Remember? Nagoya, Nagoya? yeah. Nagoya. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Who are you thinking, um, Moose? Well, I have the Junkyard Dog. So the Junkyard Dog, I've seen heaps on Instagram, uh, mainly because he's a runner and that stuff pops up on my Instagram. Not like yours, Croaks, but my, my feed's full of running. Um, he's from Druin in Victoria. Real name, Corey Milner. But you would know the Junkyard Dog if you saw him. He's come to a lot of the trail events, does quite well, front end of those Estimated best 5K of 1530. Unofficial time trial. Not sure why that's getting a mention then. Croaks? <laughs> Just off Strava, mate. <laughs> Ran 33.36 at the 2022 Albert Park 10K. Yes, we're taking that. 71.44 at 2022 Burnley. So the guy, he come into form this, this time, like around September, October, because he's ran, that's his best result there. 234 at 2022 Melbourne Marathon. Also a great run. I remember seeing him out on course. He uh, he ran really strong that day. Ran over 5,000 Ks last year as well and has the tattoos. Runs for uh, Terrelgan. That's right. Does. Did does the game. Three. Yep. See him there every week. I actually added the bit in about the tattoos, but I'm looking at some pictures of him at Croaks and I don't think he has got any tattoos. I always say good day to him in the AV race. A very friendly fella. Maybe he's got him removed or something. I swear he had some good ink. When I saw it, I'm like, uh, I don't think I wrote that. 
I swear yeah. he had a sleeve. Anyway. Oh, no, he's, got, he's got the piercings. That's what he's got. I knew he had something. I reckon he's got the, the, yeah, the black studs through the years. Brady, same, just leave, same, just leave, leave the Patreon shout-outs alone, please. Hey, sorry, I thought I could just add a bit of... I thought I knew him pretty well. Anyway, hopefully next time he might have some ink. We'll see what happens. I'm going to thank Tom Wright from Bayswater North in Victoria. Estimated best, 17.54 for 5K. Ran 37.27 for 10K at the 2022 Casey Stride Series Race 2, which was good, but the most important thing was there that he got the win. So well done on that win, Tom. Also ran 3.19 at the 2022 Mansfield Marathon. I reckon that only started last year. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's in its... Um, Liam Delaney's up there. I think he's moved to Mansfield and set up a marathon there. Looks like he's been battling injury since November. Think he may work for Melbourne Water. There we go, boys. The trend continues. If you support us on Patreon, you're a pretty high IQ person. We got someone Melbourne who, Water? Yeah, that'd be legit. Imagine like fixing or like supplying a whole city like Melbourne their water. You got to get that stuff right. He might dig you holes. Get, There's a lot of different jobs with Melbourne Water, Brady. You get that he wrong, mate. You kill the whole city. Kids. And we've got he a creative be director. Stuck up to his neck in mud every day, yeah. just shoveling shit. Nothing wrong with that, mate. He's helping out somewhere down there. I know that, there. but you're assuming that he's wealthy because he works for Melbourne Water. Oh no, I said high IQ. I didn't say wealthy. High IQ. No, he's you dig in the wrong spot, Moosh. Stuff the whole city. Anyway, <laughs> running news. I'm going to go first. Cabri Marathon was on. Don't know where the hype was this year. Fully, I forgot it was on. I know Richard Welsh, who has been on the show in previous years. Um, doesn't have that event anymore and while she's very in the running community i suppose so um maybe that absence of him missing not sure what the numbers were like um where winning times probably a bit slower than usual but that got me by surprise when i saw the results on sunday morning weather was good i heard uh, of course a bit hilly down there man you've been down there croaks moosh you've been down there too haven't you yeah I Come fifth or there. something down there one year didn't you second mate second i'm second did yeah. you really Nikhil was in the half. In the half, you were second. What's the? I, I know it wasn't that very. Day. I know it wasn't fast, but I came second. Okay, still. congratulations. What time did you run? You, I'm sure we discussed this on the podcast. Yeah, we would have, but it would have been a few years ago. It was like 68 something. Okay, you maybe could have won this year. Aaron Harvey, we spoke about him last week. He won that handicap race against Julian Ollie, the one in Devonport. He won 68.01. Friend of the show, Nick Hurl, was second in 68.55. Vanessa Wilson won the women's in 78.16. In the marathon, Richard Egan won. I think he goes by Richie, doesn't he, Moose? One of your Big mates? Richie, yeah. He used to work at the Ballarat store. Did he? he yeah. He won in 2.40, and Leah Fitzgerald was second in 2.53. No, she won the women's, Brady. What did I say? Second. <laughs> was she second, though? No, nah, she wasn't second, but she won, she won the women's race, 2.53. Did I say she was second? Yeah. She would have been close to second overall, wouldn't she? Yeah, but didn't you say that it was their five that broke three hours? Yeah, it wasn't real deep. I reckon there was five that broke. Um, I did have that stuff written down, but I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, but yeah, I think maybe five. So she must have been pretty close to up there. I do have it, actually. It's right here. I was just talking to um, someone about it before we got on air. So yeah, she was uh, fourth overall. Did they keep the cash this year? Was there prize money? Yeah, yeah I think it's 1200 for the marathon. Okay. The half always paid pretty well too, didn't it? I reckon I won 800 when I was there that year with you croaks. Yeah. Yeah. But. And you still wouldn't shout. Nah. Who was buying us beers that night? We weren't paying for them. Someone was buying them, weren't they? 
Nick Earl. I don't know. It wasn't Nick, it wasn't <laughs> Nick Earl. Um, I think Welsh did do a good job of getting, like, you know, not – like, he uses to build semi-deep fields. Um, so you do always have, like, a Liam or someone – like, Liam's around 62, I reckon, on this course. But then there'd be guys like me and Moose and those kind of guys coming in 67, 68, filling those kind of spots for – yeah, I reckon I've been fifth or sixth there one year running 67, 68 and missing money. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes from the elite side of things the next couple of years because it was its 40th year, I read somewhere. So was yeah, good. maybe so, they'll come to the uh, Surf Coast Track Club Classic or something. Yeah, and we're talking post a couple of years of um, interruptions with COVID and they also moved it one year to Easter. That they was did. the year you raced, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's yeah. the year, the Easter one. So and then moved yep. it back to this date. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that event goes in the next couple of years. Geelong Surf Coast Track Club Moose goes through the boys and girls who are out the front. Yep, so in the 5K, Benjamin Baisha, 15.05, was the winner. He They were they were out in 2.54, and then at 2K, they were at 5.54. So they have blown up a bit. He Benjamin, he held on okay. He ran 15.05. Toby O'Brien was second, 15.22. And Ollie Lurie, 15.24. In the ladies, pretty, well, very stacked field. Very stacked field. This was the race of the night by a mile. Jess Stenson came over for it. So she ran 15.46. And was followed by Ali Pashley in 15.54 and Rachel McGuinness, 16.42. So this was pretty high caliber field. It was still warm when these girls ran. Jess and Ali looked so strong. Jess, went, Jess looked really strong in the first half of the race and Ali looked really strong in the second half of the race. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Ali, I reckon, would a negative split and came home through the field and just uh, maybe put it on the line a little bit more and went out a bit harder and just had a, a slight positive split, I think. But it was a good little matchup before World Cross Trials next weekend. Um, Rust Buster, is that what the purpose of that was for both of them? That was, well, I'm not sure about I can't speak for Jess, but Ali, yes, Rust Buster. Uh, gauge, gauge fitness a little bit and... Yeah, practice lacing them up, practice them, uh, get the nerves out the week before. And, yeah, I think she, like everyone was pretty happy with that. Um, um, I, I didn't speak to Rachel, so I'm not sure if she's happy with that. So I can't put words in her mouth. Yeah, but I think was... she I just read her Strava. I think she went a bit hard early and hung on. But she's only like five weeks after a marathon. Yeah, yeah. Travel home as well. She stayed over there for a while, I think. That's right, yeah. I don't think there was expectation on her to to compete with the other two, really. Uh, in the 10K, um, Dale Carroll was the, the winner, 30.08. He beat your boy, Nate Stoke, 30.10. And Toby Mende, my boy, came third, 30.19. Uh, they had a pack of maybe five of them. And uh, they were, I think they were just off pace at the 5K mark. Um, obviously, Dale's a pretty even race um, and same with Nath came home strong the last lap apparently I, I, I can't watch, I didn't watch this because I was about oh, what was it, 300 metres behind oh they didn't lap you no they didn't lap me not that I can remember no they didn't lap me, full stop I know I didn't get lapped they must have lapped you yeah like 
Yeah, because you've run 31 seconds. Yeah. Oh, no, but they did come home in 60. Ah. Uh, Mate, jeez. It must have been very close to lapping you, Moose. They didn't lap me. You ran a minute 37 slower than them, haven't you? I reckon you blocked it out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> they were, um, no, because they pulled out into lane three down the straight. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't see them. You did say your head was on fire. A minute 20. I'm, just, Nate's, I'm racking yeah. my brain to th- to see how this has happened. Nate's ran a minute 28. Yeah, Dale's ran a minute 20. Yeah, he's ran a minute 30 quicker than you. And Nate's ran a minute 28. Because if you said you ran 73 for your last lap. Might have been when you hit the rail. I, no, or maybe. No, that's five laps to go. They didn't lap me back then. You got lap, Moose. <laughs> I wonder. Let me ask Gunther. You got that. Let me ask Gunther. But they did come home. Nate said they came home in 2.46 with a 60 last lap. I don't think I got lapped. Well, if they came home with a 60 last lap, that means they were at the bell at 29.08. Yeah. Yeah, but the point is, Brady, if they're finishing 30.08, Moose still has 90-plus seconds of running to go, and he ran his last lap in 73, which means he's, you know, yeah. Down the home straight with a lap and a lap to go. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> that was good. Nah. I would have... <laughs> you Moose. Moose, this is just basic numbers. Yeah, maybe I did get lapped. Moose, unless you ran like 90-odd seconds for your last lap, you got lapped. I honestly didn't notice <laughs> someone passed me. Toby. Toby would have went past you too, wouldn't he? I never saw him. You sure Toby. you ran 25 laps? I thought I did. <laughs> I was on track mode, and there was lap counters. Oh, now you've got me really doubting myself. <laughs> oh, shit. Good to see the big boys rock up, though. Dale yeah, really went yeah. for the win, didn't he, from what I heard? Just didn't do much work and then just, um, yeah, worked on that kick finish. Well, that's probably, like, maybe one of the frustrations that the guys were there, and there's, this isn't a championship race. There's no money on the line. Um there were medals. I can confirm that Geelong Athletics really wanted to hand medals out, so they did. Um, but it was it, this race was built around getting a time for the guys, and you, you'd think that maybe you could work together. I know the rest of the crew seemed maybe a little frustrated that not everyone worked together in that front group. And, yeah, I get it. Racing's racing. But there's not a lot of glory to be had in this race when you're so much faster anyway. And, and if, whatever. It's I I reckon, part of it. what's happened there. I reckon he's come off a DNF at Zatapak and thought, "Give me another chance to just get twenty-five laps under my belt, and I'll sit in and then kick it home, get some yeah. confidence." That's probably what's happened there. I think. But anyway, uh, women's race. Yeah, so the women's race was the B race. They were mixed racing, so it was quite good um, for those guys because they could run with with a group. Uh, Simone McInnes won, so. Run strong athlete, coached by myself. She ran 36.16, probably about a minute off where she wanted to be, but had a toe from her fiance, Ned Verway, Dane's brother. You seeing connections here? Dane Verway's brother? Yep, Ned, you good luck. Got that, got that sorted. Um, second place was Alexandria Anthony in 38.03, and because of some bib swapping shenanigans, Third place isn't in front of me right now. Um, Madeline Gwen. Madeline Gwen, thank you. What did she run? 38.29. Yeah, I'm just looking through the results. Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm just looking through the results. Oh, there's Molly Pollock. 
Yeah, so this is like one of the issues. She you can't spot bibs like that because there was a male who ran under her bib. So it, oh, anyway. okay, sorry. We're ignoring um, that name. We're ignoring that name, yeah. Uh, just sort of, there's some things to clean up next year around <laughs> this sort of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's not a big deal. It's not the Olympics, even though, like... Hey, first time. First time. Official- it's going to be teething issues. You, you should have heard the way one of the main officials talked to the athletes, like the disrespect and the abuse that he was shouting at them. Just the best way to turn people away from our sport is the start line procedure where the lap counters like got yelled at. Um, they had to line everyone up if the bib wasn't perfect or if the hip number wasn't perfect. They got a bit of they got abused. Uh, someone did a stride down the back straight, got abused because there was still one athlete left on the um, on the track at that time from the race before. Like it was not a pleasant experience on the start line. We'll go there now then. So tell us, because I actually didn't, I don't know how to put on a meet like this, but what, because you brought up some things privately to us, you know, during the week, and I was like, aren't you guys doing this like independently? Isn't it like your event, you control this? But how does it look behind the scenes with someone who wants the idea, you guys, and happy to put in some time, and then Geelong Athletics, because that's their home track. Is it Geelong Council you've got to go through as well? No, nah, no. Nah. So, like, what's the – just give it to me in two minutes. How's it look behind the scenes? Okay, so – Because can't you, you just say, hey, we don't want those officials, we'll do it ourselves? Um, no, you okay. can't do that. So basically Geelong Athletics runs um, the Shield events down here. They're a collection of a lot of clubs, like four or five from the area, and they, they have the timing equipment. Um, they have the officials, the ref, track referee, uh, the, they have the timing official, um, and they run the like hip numbers, the printing of the, the, the start lists and everything. Like they are, they're the, they run the track basically. AV sanction the meet, operate the, um, entry process, collect the funds so it was ten dollars to enter for a 10k and 15 i mean ten dollars for a 5k and fifteen dollars for the um for the 10k uh then the money like av gets a fee for doing that a flat fee and then you pay some medical like it has to be a medical person there that gets paid the host track collects the rest of the profits and they supply these officials that um, are there to put the race on. So the Surf Coast Track Club, we, we basically promoted the event, um, or like had the idea of the concept event and executed what we wanted it to look like. But you can only go so far because it gets it gets held up at, either at AV level. AV was pretty 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 generous. They just said you guys sort of sort it out and. Um, they were really good about putting stuff on and it, it runs into trouble at the Geelong athletics level because Geelong athletics are the ones that provide the manpower and they, which, and this is volunteers. So no one gets angry at volunteers, right? They're giving up their time and they've been out there from 11 AM all afternoon for the shield. And then they're asked to come and go, Hey, can you go and can you do this meet too? Um, and there's only, they're the only ones that can operate the timing machine. So without the timing, your meet's basically unofficial, no good. And uh, so that's where we um, 
that's where you can run into some issues because you're asking people to stay out late. Um, and if, if we get more entries than we predicted, then we have to put on another event and that adds more time. So, yeah, it, it's just there's a few moving parts and, and things have to line up for it to go smoothly. And not everyone's on the same page about what they want from the meet. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a few. There's a lot of discussions behind the scenes, and that's where Matt and Geelong Athletics and they they ended up working really like, and ended up coming together to be a great meet. And there was really good atmosphere, and people had a great time. That's that's bottom line. It ended up getting executed well. It's just it gets put on like it's the Olympics in terms of how official everything is, uh, like the start line procedures and chain yeah anyway couldn't it, you just it, pay like the clock people and then just be like we just want to we can do the rest of it ourselves not really because the track I, I don't know actually yeah i'm just I trying to think out loud about because it sounds like maddie gunther's probably put in a mountain of work um surf ghost track club hasn't taken a lot of coin um you're good for the sport by putting on events like this and good for the people we don't who make any money race. we don't make any money Oh, so you gave all the leftovers go to Geelong Athletics, but then Geelong yeah, yeah, Athletics Geelong. doesn't pay the volunteers. I, I'm not sure, so I can't speak for that. But good cash, vol- yeah, okay. we pretty much know they're volunteers. Anyway, it's um, this is just what you do for the sport. Like people hmm. volunteer, um, it, yeah, and they worked it out. It's it's just there's there's a very traditional way of doing athletics. Needs and, to change though, and and there, there's a new school thinking of how it should run, and I think the old school way of athletics turns away the new school runner coming into the sport, and I could see some clear examples of that happening, as people stood on the start line getting abused for not having their hip number in the right spot, thinking, why am I getting shouted at by someone here, like who the fuck is this shouting at me? I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what I've done wrong. This is the first time I've done this before. <laughs> Like, literally, people see, looking at their hip number going, what the hell is this? Yeah, why am and I just putting seven of these on? Yeah, getting, they're getting, like, shreds torn off them. I you feel saw, like a school kid back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, I saw yeah. it happen to Stewie, Melbourne Track Classic, when I ran there one year. They were just ripping him in the courtroom. And that's Stewie. Yeah, I know. So, and there's some great officials that kind of, like, you can see it going, sorry, sorry, like, trying to yeah. trying to, trying to, to make it okay. And they're, they're obviously, like, seeing the the total patronising like way that we were getting talked to. And anyway, anyway, I, get, I, I guess it has to run smoothly. And if this is the way it runs smoothly down there, the best. But I, I think things would go a lot better if someone just smiled and said, oh, that's cool. It's your first time. Just put yeah. it on your right hip. Just chill a bit. It reminds me, Moose, if it's even happening at like little A's to some extent, like turning kids off the sport. I was, I was chatting to a mate the other day and his son who's like, what seven or eight was it little a's and just before christmas they were handing out these zuper dupers and he wanted a blue one and this guy's had like a handful he's got a ton of blue ones there and um he said oh the the kid said oh can i please have a blue one it's like no you don't get to choose if they're free and it's just like come on <laughs> like you know, nah, you know I'm, what with mean? That I, I, I'm with that bloke. and i said and i said to my mate i'm like well it's just preparing him for um senior athletics <laughs> having yeah. to deal with the officials yes yeah, you know, it's like the kid's eight. It's like just give him the colour that he wants. Nah, but he's eight now, and then he'll be twenty-one, rocking up, having a mojito, expecting that at a twenty-first. Like, let's start it early, Croaks. If it's free, just take what you can uh, and sit down. 
Uh, Moose, you don't have to talk about this because I think you know some answers that Croaks and I potentially don't. But um, I got sent this picture of Jess Stenson about 55 times in my DMs over the last 24 hours. No logos on the top, singlet, creating a bit of a buzz in the nerdy running world, which I'm heavily involved in. Croaks, what do you think about this? New contract well, coming for Jess, you reckon? Weird not seeing the ASIC logos there. Where's she going? Weird. What's she wearing? We tried to zoom in. I've been trying to zoom in to see if I can see any logos, but nothing. Removed well, ASICs from the bio on Instagram, I got told today. I've heard rumours, but I'm not going to mention anything on here. <laughs> she can almost write a blank check, wouldn't she? I was talking to Carly about this today. Is she the most recognisable runner in Australia? Mm. She's you know definitely I mean? the sweetheart of Australian running. Clean cut, good for your brand. Like I got Carly as a bit of an experiment just to send a message to like 10 of her running girlfriends saying, tell me what Australian runners you know. They all wrote back Jess, a few wrote back Sinead. That was about it. Yeah, yeah, that's... In yeah. the public, you go down to your local supermarket and just start interviewing people, show them Jess's photo, you know who this is? They'll be saying yes. Should be good yeah, for a brand. So Watch your space. That, I, I, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. It's um. I mean, it, it's. She didn't run in Asics apparel. Uh, she had Asics shoes on. Um. So it's not like it's hidden, is it? No. What do you mean? It's not like it's hidden. It's well, not she'd like be, she'd be fact... wearing. She'd be wearing an Asics top, if she's going to stay with Asics. You'd think. Yeah, yeah. she's potentially she wears, in the negotiation stage. You reckon she's still got some Asics spikes? Wear those. Seeing what offers she's, are coming uh, in. Well, she's part of Team Tempo, who's sponsored by ASICS. Mm-hmm. Watch your space. Uh, what else we got on this agenda tonight, boys? We've ticked that Strong over. Strong Five K Crooks, your local. Yes, this is yes, this is about the third year I think it's been on. So they um, run laps around the Criterium course at Stromlo. So rough, roughly a one K loop that you do five times. They have an elite race as well as some like community races and. It's good. It's sort of bridging that gap between the park run and the elite stuff because the community race pretty much has like all of the top park runners from in town doing that one, and then they stay back and watch the elite race. Uh, in the men's, Michael Roger won in 1441. Luke Simpson was second, 1454, and Sean Harris was third in 1458. In the women's, Paige Campbell got the win, uh, 16 flat. Rachel McCormick second in sixteen fifty three and Britt Harridan third in seventeen oh two. Good racing. A few rust busters there, I reckon, for people next weekend, World Cross Country Trials. Yeah, Paige yep. is I believe down for World Cross trial. Yeah. The other bit of news, this is big from Athletics Australia. The Mori Plant meet was announced for Lakeside Stadium the twenty third of Feb. I think it's the uh, Thursday after World Cross Country Champs. There's going to be a lot of good athletes in town. This is Oceania's first World Athletics Continental Tour Gold Level meet. So it's going to carry $200,000 in prize money, and it's going to have higher world ranking points, which will assist athletes in their quest for world championships and Olympic Games qualification. Um, what else do I need to – well, don't need to. want to read out here because there's a bit here. Uh, biggest name what events athletics. are they going to be? I uh, don't have that in front of me, Moose. I've got a lot of info here. There's going to be at There's least a mile and a 3K. Is that being confirmed, though? Uh, well, I think so. I was, yeah. I saw, saw it somewhere. I saw a mile but, or 1,500. Well, I think the – no, I think the – well, I thought there's a mile, but you'll get a 1,500-metre uh, time. That's what that As well. Mean. And then it, a 3K. But if it's qualifying for, like, Olympics and world champs, why wouldn't you just run a 15? 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe you can offer mile time. I don't know. Yeah, but you're going to pace your race difference, aren't you? Well, do you think maybe it's is it going to be called like the John Landy mile? Could be. But you know what I mean, though. Mm. You take your well, mile time the last 100 metres, like you're going to be well, fine. Yeah. What I'm interested to see is how many like global stars actually come out for it. Because um, like 200,000 prize money, it sounds like a lot. But when you start spreading it across 12 events and then two genders... It's not that's like, 24, it's, yeah. So let's yeah. let me just do that right now for you, Croaks. Thanks. Um, mathematics. So that's well, less going than to 10 be grand. Eight, per, eight thousand three hundred yeah. per event. event. And then so you're probably looking at three thousand five, for the win. yeah, or five for the win. Yeah. Two yeah. and one, something like that. It's not actually a lot, is it? No. Um, but they said here that uh, at least three athletes from the top fifty of the world athletes world athletics world rankings in at least 12 events so i don't know what well, that exactly you, means you get 43rd 48th and 49th that would be the stuff we we're talking about the other yeah. week when we we're talking about what number Sinead and brett were in that across the whole yeah. sport so that could just be some throwers and jumpers and stuff as well mm-hmm. be interesting because it's like it's not the same athletes as the world cross-country champs it's not like it could potentially be but like, let's say chapter guy, like, so does he run world cross and then stay and run a three k? He could do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys so. who couldn't step down from ten to be competitive over a three. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether you know maybe chapter guy wouldn't unless he was getting paid a lot to stay back. But some people from other countries might look at it as an opportunity to pick up some good world rankings points. Yeah. So you might get some of that like second tier, especially early on. Like getting some times on the board for, for qualifiers. Mm. It's going to be a good week of athletics in Australia. That's for sure. Be good. In 1991, Mizuno's sprint spike propelled Carl Lewis's explosive speed to a 100-meter world record of 9.86 seconds. In 2023, the Wave Rebellion Pro sees Mizuno use inspiration from the sprint spike to create a propulsive distance racer with cushioning to last the distance. Combining a carbon-infused wave plate with a maximum Mizuno Energy Light Plus midsole, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro is here for your next PB. Created to maximise performance where you need it, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro offers over 50mm of cushioning under the midfoot, designed for ultimate propulsion, all while meeting world athletics regulations. In 2023, make your next race faster with Mizuno. There was some uh, more drug suspension news as well. Athletes Kenya released a document that released different names that haven't been released by the AIU. Have I got that right, Bradley? Yeah, well, I get all this stuff from from Christian from Norway generally. He sends us a screenshot and then I just add it. Um, But should we go through the list of athletes? Because when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, there's no massive names here. But then you look at what they've done and you actually, there are. Yeah, so we've got Michael Saruni. Uh, he's the NCAA 800-metre record holder, and um, he got suspended for evading slash failing to provide a sample. Kamari Taki was a 2022 Worlds semi-finalist. Uh, he got done for EPO. Michael Cabet, he's a 737 3K man and 1311 5K, also EPO. And Alice Aprot uh, Nawowunu, uh, she'd run 29.53 for 10K, which is the ninth fastest all time, was fourth at the 2016 Olympics and 2017 World Championships in the 10,000 metres, 
and also won a silver medal at the 2017 World Cross Country Championships. And she was uh, suspended for taking a metabolite. She's a big mm. one, isn't she? Yeah. That is a big one. That was the Olympics when Ayana broke the um, yeah. world yeah. record, didn't she? That was a hard, yeah, fast Olympics. So not good news. They have released recently, though, that they're going to not be looking to ban them all as a country. So mm. their names are probably still going to keep coming and they're still going to be competing. All right, boys, time for the Mizuno shoe review. Thanks to Mizuno, sponsoring the show all throughout January. Um, Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro have been referring to this shoe as the Zebra on Road to Valencia. If you're listening over there, been waiting to do this shoe review officially for a while, giving it a bit of airtime as it's gone because it deserved it. Um, Moose, can you tell me first, it's black and white. Like it's one of the coolest designs I've ever seen. Um, We'll start with cosmetics. Usually we start with what their shoe actually does, but tell me where that design comes from. Well, it's called uh, Kakazomi. And I think it symbolizes um something around japanese calligraphy so they're uh like i think croaks you know like a bit more of a specific backstory um just yeah something to do with um they at the start of the year like goal setting and writing your goals down it's to do with that like um in japanese yeah calligraphy yeah i've I've got it written somewhere i've got it written because it is very cool it's definitely head turning yeah, it's um, it looks good, and everyone comments on it, whether it's good or bad. Like we've been using them, um, the comment is they look amazing. What are they? Or, ugh, what are those things on your feet? No, but I think if you go black socks or even white socks, it just blends in perfectly as well. You have got two different options there as well. Anyway, let's talk about the actual functionality of the shoe. Am I safe to say, Moose, that this is their top of the range super shoe? Yeah, this is the first genuine super shoe competitor that they've released in my mind they did have some other like um shoes that in the past that they kind of put out there but it was nothing like this one this one feels different this one in my mind competes with um shoes like the alpha fly in terms of underground pop uh, in terms of how dynamic it feels and and how fast it feels yeah, for sure. I know the first time I put it on, I was super impressed. I think I was at work when we first got sent it, Croaks, and you were um, sending us messages. You were running up and down your hallway in it like, hey, this is this is something different. I'm getting excited about this shoe. Mm-hmm. And the first time I put it on as well and did some strides in it, I'm just like, wow, like this is similar vibes to when you first put on the Alpha Fly, and that was similar vibes to when I first put on the Vapor Fly back in maybe, oh, 2017. And the vibes are, it's different. Like, it's a new experience. And that's what this shoe is. Yeah. You're getting the pop, but it feels like it comes from a different spot than it does in the Alpha Fly and the Vaporfly Moose. feels like there's no, there's almost no heel on this one, and you just, you're just hitting it. You've got no other spot than when you put your, no other mm. option. When you put your foot down, you just got to hit it. It's, a, it's an enormous rear foot rocker. So when you look at the shoe, the, 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 the point in contact with the ground ends forward of your heel where your heel sits in the shoe and so if you stand and you try to um be balanced i guess put weight through your heel you will fall backwards in this shoe Mm. because it's rocket like if you remember those mbts that they used to have the big sketches shape up type shoes it's it's violently rocket at the back and i can remember getting shown this shoe by mizuno uh 
it would have been probably around um, May or June last year. And I immediately thought, what on earth? How is anybody going to run in a shoe with no heel on it? Like, it, this is going to destroy people's calves because it's going to force them to land on their forefoot because it gives no option to land through the rear foot. Like, no option. You're going to be forced to land on your forefoot, engage your calves, Achilles. This will kill people. Um, but, like, I was wrong about that. So one of the best things they did was was give out these these samples, seed them out early for people to actually spend time in and develop a, a, a full-blown experience and a, an opinion on um, by the time that it comes to market because I, I, I 100% did a 180 on this the first few times I ran with it and I couldn't believe how well I was pulling up through the posterior chain like Achilles and calf felt fantastic after these runs when i expected it to feel really sore remember that happened croaks and we were giving yeah. shit about like mate we're the shoe geeks over here listen to us when we tell you a shoe is good trust us in this this example yeah brady and i were sold the first time we put it on and moose was like oh yeah but look to be fair you know when when you hear that oh, mizzou and i were going to send you their new super shoe you're like you're a bit skeptical because in the past their super shoes haven't been that super and so you know my expectations weren't real high, but then when I put this thing on and cause I got it before you guys, I ran down the hallway and I went, I have not felt that since the alpha fly, but it's lighter than the alpha fly. And, um, unfortunately I've been injured for most of the time that we've had this shoe, but I did, I have run in it once and yeah, it was, it's very, very good. It's very good. I've done a yeah, lot of K's so... in it. I reckon I've done four, maybe 300 K's in it. Done a lot of big workouts in it leading into Valencia. I loved it at marathon pace. I loved it a bit quicker than marathon pace. I felt like there was a workout I did where I did 32K and changed gears every 8K. Um, and I remember getting to like 16K and thinking, oh, this is going to be a long workout. I'm not going to be able to progress this the way I wanted to. But the minute you kind of shifted your tempo, pick up the pace in it, um, I then had to pretty much run with the brakes on for the last 8K. Like the shoe responds so well. And then I had question marks over it at a quicker pace. Like I really thought it was that alpha fly competitor that you'd potentially only wear for the marathon. I wouldn't step down to a half or 10K in it. Did some, um, I think I did some 800 meter reps in it one down the road and it responded so well to paces under three minute K pace that I would wear it now. If I had to race, yeah, tomorrow, um, I'd be wearing it for a 5K, 10K, half marathon. I think the only thing that I said this on the road to Valencia, like I wish I got a race opportunity in it before Valencia because it it was almost kind of what you said, Croaks, that untested Mizuno factor. Um, like if this had a Nike tick on it, I would feel like everyone would be buying it and wearing it and it'd be the, the whiz back thing because of what Nike's marketing department do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the, the, I guess they got runs on the board, whereas this was the first thing here. Um, but I think I'm going to spend the majority of my racing time in it in 2023. It's, it's a level up for me on my race shoes. Yeah, that's so this is the thing for me is that people, I can see it in store all oh, yeah. the time. People are, people are searching for the next thing. People have had the Alpha Fly now for a few years. They've had the Vaporfly for five years. They've had the Saucony shoes. They've got an ASIC shoe. And now it's starting to um, – you lose the excitement factor. And, and so 
a shoe like this provides a different feel altogether. It's it's much more rocked than an Alpha Fly to me, and it's firmer and more propulsive than an Alpha Fly. It's not as soft; you don't sink into the shoe as much, but it's more dynamic feeling. So on the on on the weekend, I I had a pair of I was tossing out what shoe to wear. I didn't know which one it was going to be until sort of in the warm up, and then I had them all lined up, and I thought I'll do a few strides and decide. So I put a brand new pair of vapor flies on, did the stride, thought, oh, how good do these feel? Really soft. Then I put these on and did a stride, and it's like, I'm wearing this thing. Like, this makes me feel fast. The, the vapor fly I felt kind of soft in. I felt like I wasn't getting as much back from the shoe as I do from this Mizuno. Um, so I raced in it on the track, and perhaps it is a little bit high. So one of the, let's talk about the potential issues with it. Um, or oh, I'll talk about the specs first. It's 39, well, they call it 39 in the heel. Now, the massive question mark is where they measure this from <laughs> because th there's barely any heel to this shoe. And I know there's like full-on um, uh, protocol in the World Athletics Handbook as to where you actually measure the shoes. And so I think Mizuno have done that where they can measure 39 and get away with it, but perhaps further forward, it's a bit higher. And... Um, I, think not... I think there's 50 moose in the midfoot, but because because the World Athletics regulations are from the heel, it's it's legit. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. You I definitely don't, I don't... feel higher in it, don't you? Though, like you it's... feel higher. Yeah. It's stacked. It's stacked, and it's a four and a half mil offset. But again, that's question mark as to where that's measured from. Uh, men's 220 grams for a nine, and women's 195. Now, this um, has a carbon-infused wave plate, so it's not a full carbon plate. Uh, there's two foams to it. So the top foam is that super bouncy, like the Zoom X-type um, foam from Nike. Uh, that's on the top, and underneath is Mizuno Energy Light, which is similar to the foam above, but it's a bit more stable. Um, the outsole is super grip. Like, Mizuno do a great job with outsoles, always have and this is no different. So it's got a tacky rubber outer sole. It's got a real deep channel through the through the base. So the foam, the midsole sort of split with a, with a pretty narrow lateral channel. And that's one of the things to be careful of because of the high stack and the no rear foot, you, you're essentially landing if you're a bit of a more lateral striker on a very thin wall. And so there'll be some people that really run into trouble in terms of stability with this shoe. I think it's a good test is running it at, at speed on the track. And, and yeah, maybe it's not perfect for, for that. And it's definitely not designed for that. But if I can get away with it, then it's okay. So I don't think it's, um, it's that problematic as it, I don't think it's anywhere near as problematic as when I first saw, saw the shoe in person. And it is what I thought it would be. Yeah. What's the weight um, comparison from this to the alpha fly? It's a, I think it's a little less. Yeah. It's a little lighter, but it's heavier than a Vaporfly. Yeah. Pretty I, sure I definitely, it's 10 grams lighter. What I found when I wore it, it's definitely a great straight line shoe. Um, I found, and I, the only time I've worn it was in the wet. So the grip is amazing in the wet, awesome in a straight line. Um, but, yeah, because of the, the, the way the foam is underneath, um, you know, going around a sharp corner, it is a little bit sort of unstable. Um, but you'd expect that from most sort of high stack shoes anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've taken right angle corners in it and it's been no issue. 
Um, now, how have you found the fit of the shoe? Yeah, it's it's yeah. As you said, I remember talking to Toby about it when he was here. Um, the tongue, like it's very thin material, and then when you wrap it up with the shoelaces, it feels very snug around the top of your foot. Yep. But that he's was saying that's to save weight as well, though. Like I thought, I remember making the comment to him, I'm like, this feels pretty thin, like almost a bit flimsy. Like, is it going to hold? He's like, no, no, that's there to reduce weight. Like, it's that's that's good. You want that in the shoe. Yeah, and so for oh, me... Oh, sorry, you mean fit to... You've got to go well, up the size. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, all, but that was, it's, all, yeah. it's all mean something. But yeah, in terms of sizing, this is something you want to be trying on in store mm. because I've gone from an 11.5 to a 12. It's still snug. Brie went from a 7.5 to an 8. And it's still snug for her. Like they both fit well, but they're they're, they're snug. Yeah. Um, Same. Toby, I went half a size up as well. You went half a size. Yeah. Toby went a half size. He's questioning whether he should have gone a full size up or not. Um, so it's it's certainly a short fitting shoe. At least the samples that we got were. So I think this is one you want to go into a store and try on. Yeah. We said the launch date, January nineteenth. Will there be many of them, Moose? We've seen sometimes over the years with the super shoes that um, first in best dress might be sold out in a day or two. What's it going to look like? Well, they, they never have the amount of stock of this as they do of their training shoes. Like, this is more niche. I don't think you're going to run into the same sort of issues um, as in the past. I think there should be a, a semi-decent supply. Uh, we're certainly getting... Um, I increased my order of this after I ran in it. I think about two weeks later, I'm like, I've, I've undervalued this shoe. I'm going to ask for more. And so I was managed to get a few more pairs. So there was some there remaining when I asked. What did they retail for, Moose? Yeah, that's, I was just going to look for that, and I'm going to tell you While now. you're looking at that, though, I will tell the listeners that they've got a chance to win. They were going to give away two pairs um, of the highly anticipated Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro that's launching on January the 19th. Have a look on our Instagram page for your chance to win this shoe if you want to go faster for further. So not exactly sure the date of that. Do you know off the top of your head, Croaks, when that competition's going to go up there? No, I'm giving sure. away two pairs. That's the comp you want to win. 320 bucks. Yeah, there you go. 320 bucks. Mm. Yeah. Which is right in that same spot, isn't it? What's a pair of alphas go for? 370. Oh, 370. Okay. Yeah. Me, hey, um, you'll wear these in a marathon moose, won't you? Because you're going yeah, with well, Mizuno. Yeah. I'll be wearing this in... Um, in Osaka. Yep. And boys, I found out a bit more information about that Kakazomi uh, calligraphy. So it is a traditional Japanese ceremony where people write the first calligraphy at the beginning of the year. In Kakazomi, we often write our New Year's resolution or auspicious characters or phrases. For Rebellion Pro target runners, it should be personal best. And so the Japanese word for personal best is hidden in that um Kakazomi shoe graphic. So yeah, like so cool. the design has oh, that really? um, Japanese word, yeah, personal best in it. Yeah. That's, That's so rad. cool to know, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Here's me just running around Moama, not having a clue what that shoe was meaning. Calling it the zebra. Yeah. So you should have worn it in Valencia and it could have run a PB. I reckon it would have been retired from the sport if that was the case, hey? One of the biggest <laughs> regrets of my life. Not wearing that shoe. But anyway, we'll get another opportunity to wear it, no doubt, in a marathon 2023. Big thanks to Mizuno for sponsoring this week's episode. I'm going to cut listen to question Bradley. We'll save that for yep. next week. It's been a long episode. Moose on the loose, you got a quick one for me before we uh, preview the World Cross Country Trials? Oh, I reckon um, I reckon just 
the officials treating like local races as the Olympics. Just treat people well. Just smile. Like I know it's been a long day, but we're there to support your sport. If you want more people to come to athletics, just you've got to treat them well when they're there for their first time. Yep, good one. Well, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, just do something else. True. Yeah, but just thank you for in, your service in life as well. Just in life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we've got to get more volunteers. Like we, we no, have. You don't to, know. You just have to be more efficient. In what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you got to. But there's the problem is, yeah, they got to know stuff. No, but I don't like, think they all do. Let's put it this way. Let's let's if we had a perfect world, let's pay the five Geelong athletics people. Let's put the meat on again, Surf Coast Track Club. You pay the five people to do the most important five jobs. Then we put out to the listeners or people that hang around in a running group down there, hey, we need people to lap score. We need people to make sure bibs are handed out. Like really just like easy jobs. People who want yeah. to be there would do it. This yep. meet's not going to yeah. happen unless you're there. There's some legends down there that would rock up. Do a shift, do an hour, watch now. I reckon you can do it. You want people there who want to be there. Yeah, yeah, you do. And... These guys have held the sport together for years in terms – when I say held the sport, they've kept this running for years. Kept it rolling. So, yeah. yeah, it's like full credit to them for that. More so you should just have that option, I reckon. Like if you want to meet here, you should have this. This is A option. We do full catering or B option. You've got to bring your 20 volunteers, but you still have to pay for these five big dogs that make it, make sure everything's working. Yeah, well, there perhaps we that's – yeah. Anyway, World Cross Country Trials this weekend, fellas. I have been told there will be a live stream from Athletics Australia, so that's exciting. Croaks will be on the ground. He'll be saying it all firsthand. We did get sent the fields today, so we're going to talk about a few of the names here. Let's talk about it, boys. Big names. Women's 10K is the race of the meet, I feel. Amelia mm. Mazadowny. I went through with Yellow today and just put a few marks on the people I think are going to be contenders. Amelia Mazadowny, Amy Cashin, Caitlin Adams, Ali Pashley, Genevieve Gregson, Georgia Hansen, the reigning Australian cross-country champion, Izzy Bat-Doyle, Jess Stenson, Lauren Ryan, Leanne Pompiani, Rose Davies. That's who I think is going to be uh, fighting out for the top. Someone's gone through and picked out a few more names there. Is that you, Moose, in the blue? I just chucked a few up that perhaps have been to world champs or the Olympics or something that oh, you've yeah. kind of skipped over. So just threw a few out there. Uh, might be wrong on a couple. Um, I think I am wrong on a couple, but there's some there's some Olympians you've skipped over. Who? Or, or oh, I? yeah, uh, maybe. I, I would just yeah. I just really looked at who I think is going to be in that lead pack. But yeah, you're right. Paige Campbell, she's been in the Olympics, hasn't she? Nat Rule, Com Games, World Champs, Stella Radford, Holly Campbell, Cara Fian Ryan, the steeplechaser as well. Also got Tara Palmer there. It's deep. Um, top three guaranteed. I think we're just talking off air. I can't think of anyone. Sinead Diver's not there who could potentially be after discretion. Lisa Waitman's not there. Um, well, we're thinking Jess Hull, right? Oh, no, she's in the 2K. Jess is in the sorry. 2K okay. relay, yeah. Who I think else? Outside who of, else we're missing? Yeah. Out, well, outside of Lisa and Sinead, like, it's who's who. Like, yeah. there's, Eloise Wellings. Oh, Eloise, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yep. Outside of those three, there's everyone else there. Everyone is there. Um, it's going to be a great race. Who's going to win, boys? Who's going to be top three? Give me a three. Remember, it's ten k cross. Like this is this is going to be a long way for some of these runners. This is a strength based I'm athlete. Gonna, I'm going to put Jess Stenson in the top three. That's one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Who's moving the ooh. cursor? Just cursor just moving. Yeah. The, all right. I'm going to. Just moving between names. 
taking too long. Izzy Bat Doyle and Jess Stenson and Rose Davies. You don't put Leanne in after what she did at Zatapak. <laughs> I've copped too many messages. And no, we won't you don't go there. Cop I'm a big fan of Leanne. Um, but I've got to keep my bias that I've been accused of. And so we'll keep I'm gonna go Jess Stenson, um, Izzy Bat Doyle and Rose Davies. No Pashley. <laughs> Not in the top three. Jen Gregson returns to racing. There's some storylines here. I the guess. good thing about this one, I don't think there'll be a lot of discretionary places. I think if you finish in the top five here, you'll make the team. Yeah, because everyone's person, pretty much here. Well, the only one I can think of, because El- well, Eloise and Lisa, I believe they're training for marathons, so they're probably not going to be you know, wanting to do World Cross. Oh, whereas, so you don't think, yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, you don't expect Sinead, them to put the discretion vote Whereas in. Sinead might put the discretion in. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so that means, you know, if she was the only, if Sinead was the only one that put it in for discretion, then I'd, I'd imagine top five would, um, they'd probably pick the top five here from the race. Yeah. Um, I reckon Leanne, I reckon Leanne will finish in the top three. Uh, home, home course advantage as well. Trains there a lot. Um be interesting to see how some of the college athletes go who, you know, run a lot across country. So your likes of Amy Cashin. And because she was my um one of well, my female athlete to watch this year, I'm gonna to have to put her in the top five. Bit of yeah, stock return early on the year croaks. Yeah. yeah. Steeplechasers do usually convert well to cross country. Yeah. The concern uh, and I'll go Izzy someone... Izzy Bat Doyle as well. So I've gone Jess, Leanne, Izzy Bat Doyle. Uh, Amy Cashin, so there's four, and yeah. then you've got then you've got another three or four for those other couple of spots. A few of these people will be happy it's on a flat cross country course, like reasonably flat. Are they, like has Amy Cashin ever run a five k before? Do you know what I mean? She could potentially be jumping from three k steeple to ten k cross. Yeah, it's true. And they do say yeah. crosses. You know, you nail it. This is probably on path of twelve, thirteen k road race. Well, she would have run NCAA cross. She would have, yeah, yeah. She probably, she probably ran heaps of them. Yeah, um, so that's 10k. It's it's hard to pick three. It's hard to pick three. You got to go with Leanne off Zadipek. Um, even her her last 5k at Zadipek would have been quicker than Jess's 5k in the weekend moose. Um, yeah, no, I. She got speed I, and she'll, strength. She'll be good. She'll be good. She's speed just not my strength. pick. Rose is thrown out there. I'm going to Rose. go to the top three at Zadipek. I'm going to go Leanne, Rose. Oh, jeez. You're going to leave Jess, Jess Stenson out. It's hard. <laughs> it's, hard if, it's hard. If it was at Bathurst, I think Jess needs the strength. And I think this is a bit of a, oh, but she's ran that Lonnie 10. It's hard. I'll, I'll pick everyone I listed at the start when we started. I said I put in yellow. I reckon they're a shot. Let's put it that yeah, way. Well, that, was, that was like half the field. One thing I the do. Biggest, know, sorry, the yeah. biggest question mark, I think the race will be, Four, five, and six. That, yeah, that's if you're four, you're probably safe. Race. If you're six, you're, you could be in trouble. Yeah, you're going to look at some class here. You're going to see runners like Ali, Jen Gregson, Caitlin Adams, Georgia Hansen, Lauren Ryan, Nat Rule. They're, they're going to be <laughs> like this is four, five, and six will be the where, where the action's at. I don't, I, I, I'm yeah. really interested. I don't know about Nat because she hasn't blown away that 5K to 10K transition. And now it's only going to get harder running 10K cross. She was good at run the bridge in Hobart. She, she ran was, through. I think yeah. she comes second. And that's a hilly 10K. Yeah. That's 12 months ago, though. There's going yeah. to be some quality athletes miss out anyway. That's right. In, that's in, the, the, in, the, in the women's field. 
Yep. One thing I find fascinating is that Charlotte Perdue is on the start list of an Australian cross-country yeah. trial race. I don't get well, it. Ainsley, Ainsley Van Graan, I believe she represents South Africa as well. well she did it at the last World, world Cross-Country Champs. I, I don't like it, especially if you're in the lead pack and you can control the race. Like, Charlotte could easily win this thing and go from the gun and just stream all out and that just changes things. Do you know what I mean? Yep, I know what you mean. If you're coming third and she's got teammates, she's got teammates in the race as well. Yeah, you said it. You said it. Matter back, yeah. Yeah, well, you would need this. What, like, this isn't an open race. It's not a fun run. It's not a. This is a. This should be a closed trials to Australian athletes. Like, they would never allow this in other countries, surely. Yeah, there's already 33 people in the race. Like, you don't need it to Mm. build numbers. Yeah. I don't know what the thing is there. I understand What's she bases herself. What do you get? In... You come fourth place. What do you get? Nothing. No, like it, it just makes it more confusing in my mind to the for the selectors. And yeah, what if she dropped? Like I just feel for those Australians that aren't in her training group, they're potentially sitting there going, "Okay, what are we? What are we also doing about Charlotte? Because what conversations has she potentially had with her training partners with how this might play out?" Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see the point of it. Yeah. Men's 10K, Andre Waring, Andy Buchanan, Ben Buckingham, Brett Robinson, Ed Goddard, Jack Bruce, Jack Rayner, Jackson Sharp, come back from the US, James Hansen, Liam Adams, Matthew Ramsden, Sam McIntyre, Seth O'Donnell. They're my headliners, boys. Happy to be corrected if you think I've missed anyone. The big story here was about who's not there. No Morgan McDonald, no Pat Tiernan, no Kai Robinson. Ollie well, Hall and- is in the 2K with no we'll talk about 2k later but he's not in the 2k either no so no stewie in the 10k yeah no Ollie yeah. Hall in the 10k yeah yeah not as deep as the women's i think this is a good opportunity for a few of these boys to make this our uh, team so where yeah. do we, the top three same thing is guaranteed we're not sure who's applied for discretion but we think we know morgan hasn't he spoke about it on his podcast saying he's focused on the the track hitting qualifiers for world champs kind of did a pretty good job explaining like his job. I assume he's got a lot of contractual things he needs to tick off to um, live, train like a professional athlete, and probably coming over to Australia is going to disrupt that. And um, you know, potentially coming thirty fifth at a World Cross Country Championships. What does that mean for him as a professional athlete um, compared to focusing on qualifying for the World Championships? So I get that. Um, Pat Tiernan, he spoke on a podcast with Sidious Mag about. Um, visa issues, haven't heard anything official out of that, so not sure if that's just for the trials and couldn't get back twice or if that's going to be for World Cross as well. And the other one was Kai Robinson here and whispers that he might be focusing on indoors, but maybe discretion for the actual championships, maybe applying for discretion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, for me, like the top two probably stand out. I'd say like Brett and Jack are um you know two of the top three here in the men's uh after that it's probably white you've probably got like six guys that could finish fill that third spot um yep yeah Yeah, i agree yeah it's gonna be kind of similar to watching zadipak you knew zach uh, jack was going to win you're not sure who's going to be second through to sixth yeah i'm going to chuck in matthew ramson for the third spot being quiet hasn't he yeah, no one's I, been. I like him. I reckon I've, um, 
He did. Didn't he run well at that trials before the last World Cross where oh, he got yeah. a spot? And mm. I think he ran pretty well in Denmark as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I like I like him for the third spot here. Yeah, I I reckon Liam's a good shot as well. Like he's a a strength runner. Generally runs pretty well over this sort of stuff. Being a false great training hard too, I hear. Yeah. Up there, I'm gonna go over Andy Buchanan to nab that third spot. Very interested to see what Ben Buckingham. Haven't seen him race for a long time. The old steepler up to um up to 10k situation cross country should be suited well. But yeah, it's there's a few. I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy Jackson, Ed, you never know with those guys come mm. in. Andre, you know, just come second at Zatapak. We're not even mentioning him. Um, your boy Moose, Seth, Sam McIntyre, he's an Olympian. <laughs> Seth's Australian cross-country champ. Yeah, stories everywhere there too. I don't know how you boys feel about it, but let's say, for example, Kai um, and Pat haven't put in for exemption, and we know that Morgan – because I think Morgan, um, given given the shape he was in at the end of the track season and given he's a, a former NCAA cross-country champ, like I, if Morgan was racing, I think he would make that top sort of five or six of this. Like we're not – I don't feel like – we're going to be sending our top men's team to a home World Cross Country Championships if Pat and Kai Robinson aren't there as well. And obviously taking, like, Stewie, if there was no relay, you'd put Stewie in the men's 10K team as well. And I think um, although 10K is probably on the higher side for Ollie, I, st- I would still put Ollie in the top six 10K cross country runners uh, in the country. So I feel like we're going to be a little bit on the lighter side for the men's team. Thoughts? Yeah, 100%. I Great. think if you say this is... And that's where it, like the question comes out now. You say, well, what what does world cross-country mean? Like, when we're kind of... Morgan did a good job explaining that, like, on his podcast. He's like, this doesn't mean a lot for me. Like, representing Australia and helping the team when he's got to potentially do things to help his individual contract or, um, you know, they, you know, pretty much said the travel factor. Like, it's not high on their agenda the American-based athletes to come home and represent their country at a world cross-country. And Ollie kind of explained that he wants to be there for the relay because they've got a good chance of winning it. Yeah, um, the, relay will be, the relay will be like we're definitely a good gold medal chance because the top runners from the other countries, I'd imagine, will be probably running the Open 10K race. Yeah, yeah. And Kai, you know, look, just looking at his PBs, 27, 44, 13, yeah. 11. Like, yeah, he's still at uni, but he'd be a handy fifth or sixth to have, wouldn't he? That one, I'm not sure. Like, if he puts his hand up for discretion, would he come eighth, ninth at um, NCAAs? Yeah. Would have also, yeah. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one. I do think those American athletes are very American-minded. Is that the right word? The longer they spend over there, the more the American scene matters. Like, they were saying, oh, you know, if we wanted to do this, we'd have to miss Milrose. And I'm like, I get Milrose is a big meat, but obviously it's so much bigger for them living in America. Um, whereas we think, think yeah, yeah, we think world cross, cross yeah. country, yeah, yeah, but, but, nah, they're did, like, yeah. but they'd have contractual it, stuff in there, wouldn't they? Like, they got to do these to keep their pay coming through. Yeah, maybe. But do you also think that world cross, you know, like it's so hard to finish really high at world cross because you know each country can send six athletes. So you got Kenya, Uganda. Ethiopia, Eritrea, like, so, you know, there's 24 athletes that are going to be, like, incredible. And so even our, some of our top guys are like, 
you know, like what's what's finishing 40th at the world? Mm. You know, 40th doesn't sound very impressive, even though it actually is when you look at, you know, generally who runs these events, but it doesn't, yeah, for these guys, they're more about sort of trying to win races or, yeah, make track teams. Um, yes, it's a shame. And also, you know, it's unlikely that an Aussie team is going to win a, win a team medal just because of how dominant those African nations are and the depth that they have. Yeah, and they wouldn't have that in their contracts, would they? Like, they wouldn't have bonuses for top 30, top 25, top 40. Like, it'd be a lot of hit this times, make these championships. Probably, yeah. And that's what triggers your, your contract and your bonuses and things like that. Um, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see. Let's talk about these relays, though, because um, the women's 2K, I went, he uh, highlighted Abby Caldwell, Georgia Griffiths, Jenny Blundell, Olympian, Jessica Hull, Australian record holder, Lyndon Hall, was an Australian record holder. Probably still has some Australian record somewhere in there. Um, Sarah Billings. That's who I thought are going to be the uh, contenders here. Boys, anyone else there? I think Cordia Hollingsworth is a scratching. She's on this list, though. I think you've covered them. Yeah. And for the for the 2K races, it's first across the line is automatic, and then the second position is up for discretion. Uh, same with the guys. First guy across the line's on the team, and then the second spot, second guy spots up for discretion, or selectors' discretion. So, um, I think Jess Hull will will win the women's two K. Yeah, I think this is even when you look at there. There's a lot of eight, fifteen girls. Jess is the only fifteen, three K, five K girl. Yeah. Um, so that strength will pay dividends on a two K cross country course, and she means business. There's no way she would plan to stay this long in Australia. She's here to get a job done. Yeah. Actually, didn't she just get married? Maybe there was a reason why she stayed. <laughs> yeah, she did get married. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Men's, Stewie. And then you've got, so same thing. Stewie's just got to nab that first spot. And then we're assuming, and Ollie talks about in that in that podcast as well, how he was given the exemption. exemption, And then, um, yeah, I, he didn't say it was. He's already been given. He's given the exemption. And he, he said he was confident then if Stewie was to win, he would be, um, he would get the second spot. Okay. If Stewie if Stewie got beaten, then he's less chance of Ooh. getting selected because they have to choose whoever beats Stewie, and then they would probably choose Stewie because uh, well Stewie at least ran the trial. But this yeah. is where the discretion comes in, and they might say, "Well, does then Stewie go for discretion in the ten k?" And yeah, they give true. Ollie a run, especially for the hype of the event as the fifteen hundred meter Commonwealth Games That's champion true. in his home games. He can maybe do two k, and Stewie can easily slot into that men's ten k team. Stewie would be a good addition in that ten k. Yeah, mm. and you know you got yeah you got guys like Jimmy Hanson, Callum Davies, Adam Spencer also going, Lockie Hurd also going for that spot. Um, but all he said in that interview, like Nick Bedeau through Athletics Australia, has already been talking about what legs they'd potentially run and how one leg's longer than the other. So built for speed, male and, made yeah, to last the distance. It's pretty. It in 2023, like the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro sure was to push week. you forward to the future. Available for your next race from the 19th of January. Can't wait. You'll be there. So you said a live stream, maybe. Yeah, yeah, AA today confirmed that. They said oh, there will be awesome. a live stream, so we don't what have to get... What time do they start? 7 like seven. Don't yeah. have to get croaks on his iPhone 4 moose <laughs> on the side of the track. I'm going to have to delay the long run for this. Yes, oh my, it's going to be hot too, I think. Might get it done beforehand, start at 5. Mm. Not a bad idea. Get sunny early. So, Keep an eye on the Athletics Australia socials. That will be coming up. We're finished, boys. Nothing to talk about, but we go for an hour 50. What's coming up in your life between now and next week, Bradley? 
going to go out do a session with the boys in the morning i'll be on the bike doctor's appointment and then uh yeah out to world cross on saturday sunday that's good see if you can get some audio or something World cross trials that is yeah, yeah. not world cross put yeah. a bit of a lan- put a lanyard on your work lanyard or something just just walk around with a bit of a mic get some audio see what I, see what I can do I reckon you'll be familiar face on course anyone racing listening make sure you say good day to Croaks up there Moose what are you doing between now and next week Whoa, now and next week no I got nothing for you nothing give me a session what's one session you're doing uh, well I'm not doing a session until probably Thursday I might jump in. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, actually, because Ellie will be tapering, so I won't do her workout with her. So I might do a marathon-type session, Um, not a proper one, maybe just like a longer tempo. I think I just need a longer tempo in the books just to find some rhythm at a slower pace. That's what I'm doing. Is Ellie driving or flying up? Flying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a bit far, yeah. Like, Joyce is coming, so... um, like mum things it's pretty interesting the challenges working out when when the race start is and then like what time will the baby wake up because uh, tiggy doesn't take the bottle that well ali pretty much has to feed her um and so it's like she's thinking can i fit a feed in after the warm-up before the race uh like this is the like kind of thing that probably people don't realise as a, when they're not a mum. Mm. Very, uh, a lot of logistics there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, we're done. Talk to you next week. See you guys. Have a good See week. See you, boys. Bye. Built for speed, made to last the distance. In 2023, the Mizuno Wave Rebellion Pro wants to push you forward to the future. Available for your next race from the 19th of January. Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under the sun.